This is exactly right. Welcome to my favorite murder, the mini sode. It's mini and cute. It's so pocket sized, you wouldn't believe how t- transportable it is. Tiny. Is that a real word? Transportable? Is it transportable? <laughs> okay, this is where we, we redo your stuff. Do you want to go first, Karen? Sure. The subject line of the fir- this first one is the Cowie Tunnel Disaster. Hey, y'all. I'm going to go to school in the Great Smoky Mountains at West Carolina University. There are hundreds of ghost stories due to our rich Appalachian history, but the Cowie Tunnel disaster is one of the most notable in our area and is shared often throughout our student body. Uh, I was going to do this when we really? were in, yeah, when we were in um, North Carolina. I think this was one of the stories that came up for the area. Yeah. And it's rough. In 1883, a group of prisoners set out on the Tuckaseegee River to begin their day's work, which was often in grueling conditions. It's not mentioned here, but just for everyone's information, uh, it's 19 prisoners. All of them were black. Um, It was common in this time to lay miles and miles of railroad track through the treacherous mountains of Western North Carolina as punishment for their crimes. 30 men stayed chained together day and night, working, eating and sleeping with shackles on their ankles. On the morning of December 30th, Icy slush had accumulated in the bottom of the men's boat that was used to get across the river to the work site, but the guards forced them forward anyway. However, everyone on board quickly began to panic as the slush melted and sloshed around, forcing the men to one side of the boat. Only 10 feet from the riverbank, the boat capsized and the first man went overboard. But because they were shackled together, 19 men were pulled into the water one by one after the man who went before him. None stood a chance against the raging icy waters and 19 men perished. Mm. The Great Smoky Mountain Railroad now runs from Dillsboro, North Carolina to Bryson City, North Carolina, and goes through the Cowie Tunnel where the men had been laying down track. Tourists often take the train as a sightseeing trip when visiting the area. When going through the infamous Cowie Tunnel, the conductors say, ladies and gentlemen, there are 19 prisoners buried on top of this tunnel and the moisture you see coming down the walls are the tears of those poor men Mm. ssdgm and you bet your ass that tunnel is haunted as fuck kendall so i remembered this story and i just i went and read an article really quick to double check from what i remembered Uh and because this detail that kendall may not have known this um and so this is from the smoky mountain news um it's an article written by a writer named garrett woodward first of all one of those um inmates who died one of the 19 was a 15 year old boy named charles eason who had been (sighs) sent to jail for um, stealing something very small. Mm-hmm. He was on a chain gang Jesus. with like gr- with grown men. So this is a portion of that article um, from the Smoky Mountain News. It said, in a February 1963 article by the Asheville Citizen Times, well-known silver writer John Paris spoke of the legendary heroics of convict Anderson Drake, who climbed out of the river only to dive mm-hmm. back in and rescue prison guard Fleet Foster. 
So, quote, Drake helped Foster up the steep bank, knelt a moment by the gasping guard, and then stood up and turned to look back at the foaming river. There was no sign of the other 19 convicts. Uh, they called Drake a hero. They said he would surely go free. But Drake didn't go free. Back in his quarters following the incident, Foster found his wallet and pistol missing. And upon ordering a search of the prison camp, the wallet containing $30 was found in Drake's belongings. That night, instead of thanking Drake and giving him a feast, the camp foreman ordered him into the yard, bared his back, and gave a dose of cat of nine tails a multi-tailed whip. Mm. After the lashings, Paris reported that Drake was sentenced to 30 years hard labor and immediately put back to work on the Cowie Tunnel. Wow. And I question the idea that that guy who was drowning in a river right. who saved saved this guard then robbed him of his wallet and gun. Right. It, it makes no sense. And smuggled it back to the prison. Bra back into prison yeah. where he couldn't have spent it. Right. It's it. It's. So basically, it's like he did this thing and everyone thought, oh, yeah, that he'll get freed. He'll finally be free. And instead, he went in for 30 more years. Oh, yeah. I thought that was an important detail that we should add in because <laughs> that was when I was reading this story for one of the live shows. Yeah, it was awful. And yeah. it just it's just like that. And then it's like and then it's this haunted tunnel where people hear all kinds of horrible sounds and the walls drip with moisture all year long. And, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I yeah. Um, this one's called My Great Grandfather's Body Was Stolen from His Grave. Whoa. Um, this, dear Karen and Georgia, I love you guys and your voices have accompanied me through many hours of various boring jobs, many car rides, and many late night insomnia struggles. <laughs> They're with you. Thanks we for late. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for everything you do. Anyway, let's jump in. In October 1989, the body of a 22-year-old named Jeffers Kimbrell was found in a field in Columbia County, Florida. He was the victim of a stabbing. But here's the problem. This was the second time his body had been found. He oh. had already been buried and someone had dug him up and left him in a field. Oh, my God. Then two months later, in December 1989, a 20-year-old named Stephen Morgan took his own life in the same North Florida County. Shortly after he was buried, it was discovered that his body was missing from his grave. Here's where I come in. My great-grandfather died of a heart attack in November 1989 and was buried in neighboring Union County. Several months later, the ground appeared to be caving in around his grave, so county officials obtained an order to exhume his body. You know, just to make sure everything was cool. <laughs> it was not cool. They mm. soon discovered that his casket was empty and had been <gasps> broken into and opened in exactly the same way as the two others in Columbia County had been. I found all of this out from an article that I found while doing some genealogy research. That's a fucking big surprise to yeah, it find, is. probably. Just kind of scrolling one night all by yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, wasn't born in, I wasn't born until 1998, so I never knew my great-grandfather. And all my dad said about it when I asked him is that the body was never recovered and the whole thing was very upsetting. But wow. here's, the, here's the best part. The article that I read says that five men who were, quote, fanatics of the fantasy game Dungeons and Dragons had been arrested in nearby Lake City for body snatching. No. As far as I can figure, that's where the trail stops, both in the media and for my family. But being able to say, my great-grandfather's body was stolen from his grave in North Florida, most likely by some guys playing D&D, &D, makes me really fun to have at parties. <laughs> Stay sexy and find Grandpa Max's body, Ellie. What? Okay. 
That's crazy that it's guys that play Dungeons and Dragons because most of the people that I know that are super into yeah. Dungeons and Dragons wouldn't are nothing like in a realm of that no. even slightly. That doesn't add up. I feel like there's more to the story, and I bet someone listening has like the other half of the story. Please, and so please. If- if you've got the Dungeons and Dragons half of that story, we want to hear it. Put five um, sl- small alarm um, emojis <laughs> up in the subject line and let us know. For sure. Okay. I'm not going to read you the subject line of this. Okay. Hello, friends. I've been binging the podcast since June. Just caught up. <laughs> it is June. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> June of last year. It's been a busy month, I think, for you. Yeah, really. Uh, you're both wonderful, and I love knowing that I'm not alone in my ass- obsession with true crime. Quite the opposite. You're, n- you're, no- <laughs> you're nowhere near alone. Okay, enough of that. Let's do this. In the mid-1960s, my uncle Bob was a paper boy and was out one summer afternoon collecting money from the people on his paper route. He was jumped by some older boys who robbed him, and when he put up a fight, they stabbed him several times. (sighs) They took off, and my uncle, who had been stabbed in the back and sides, proceeded to walk this seven blocks to my great-grandparents' house. Oh, my God. Yeah. He stumbled up the front steps, knocked on the door, and my great-grandmother answered, and upon seeing that he was dripping blood, told him, walk around the back to the kitchen. I'll never get this carpet clean if you bleed on it. <laughs> what of the past? Why is the past so terrible? It's ri- It was tough, and people were fucking tough. <laughs> this poor man had walked several blocks in the summer heat, only to be told to walk a little more. <sighs> my great-grandparents were very old at this point, and didn't drive anymore so they called my grandfather to get Bob and drive him to the hospital my grandfather got there put Bob in the back seat and according to my father and uncle grandpa religiously followed all the rules of the road no no speeding no running traffic lights they eventually got to the hospital where the doctors told my grandparents that Bob wasn't too far from bleeding out and they made it just in time Thank God there wasn't one more red light or Bob would have been done for. Everything turned out okay. Bob made a full recovery. My favorite part of the story, though, is that my dad, who was several years younger than my uncle, was in the front seat while they were taking Bob to the hospital. The family was supposed to leave for vacation the next day, and that obviously wasn't going to happen now. My six or seven-year-old father turned to Bob in the back seat and started to cry and then told his brother, who could have died, you ruin everything. (laughs) Because they wouldn't be able to go on their trip. Dad and Bob were close once they grew up and died only a couple months apart in 2006. They're missed, but this story and dozens of others keep them close. Stay sexy. And for God's sake, if someone is bleeding out, don't worry about the damn carpet, Rachel. (laughs) That's all. That's just to prove how bad the past was and that siblings are just there's no there's no sympathy with siblings. the damage that siblings do to oh. each other as children is should be studied. Perhaps it is. I know. I have like one I, friend who's an only child. He's like, I wish I had siblings all the time. And it's like, you psychologically, fool. I am fucked. And I love them. And I'm still. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. I love my sister. I still want to sue her right. every time I see her. She still owes me for therapy. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. This is called Grandma Ghost, but still lighthearted. Hi, everyone. I love you all. 
Here we go. <laughs> in the world? Probably. That's nice. That I think nice. that's good. That's nice. I don't remember this, but my mom has told me the story many, many times. And this sounds like a story that I swear like every mom probably has. Um, when I was around four years old, I was swinging on a rickety swing set in our backyard while my mother watched me from the kitchen window. I was kicking my little legs and getting some air, but at the top of the arc, I leaned back too far and my hand slipped off the chains. My mother bolted from the kitchen and ran across the yard, expecting the worst. However, when she got nearer, she saw that I was just standing beside the swing unharmed. This, this happened in the spring and there was a mud puddle under the swing set, but I didn't have a drop of water or dirt on me. My mother frantically checked me over and asked me if I was hurt anywhere. I'm okay, I said. Loretta caught me. <gasps> Loretta's the perfect ghost name, right? Yeah, it really is. Loretta is the name of my dad's mother, who died of cancer when I was just six months old. <gasps> my mom said I was very calm and matter-of-fact about it and insisted it happened when she asked me again. Nothing like that ever happened again that I remember, so maybe she knew that I only needed her that one time. Or she's been around this whole time catching me more often than I know. Either way, it's really comforting to me. Thank you for everything you do. Things can feel really dark these days. And your podcast is always something I look forward to. Stay sexy and stay off swings. See. P.S. Georgia, you said that you wanted psychic stories. Uh, I went to one while uh, on vacay in Florida, and he told me I'd meet someone in 30 days. Exactly 30 days later, back home in Canada, a guy on the bus asked for my number. We just celebrated two years. No! Yes. That's a psychic... Oh, I was... And that's not really a coincidence. That's more of a... That's psychic fateful. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Cute, cute, cute. I love uh, that who uh, C is tapped into a different plane. Yeah. There's something going on. That may have been the work of Loretta speaking through the psychic Aww. again, showing up in her life. Loretta's, I love that so much. I, mean, I bet you can't find a not badass Loretta in the fucking world. For real. Let's bring that name back for yeah. people. Enough of the Madisons and the Mackenzies. <laughs> Brooklyn. And the, no more know. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. It's fine. It's been done. Yeah. You know what that made me think of, too, is one time I was with Nora across the street when she was two because she she started walking when she was really little really? and she used to love to go to the the um, playground that was that's nearby uh, my sister's house. And we were standing there and she was walking across this funny little kind of bridge. She was like mm -hmm. showing me that she could walk across this bridge on the play structure. And as she went to walk, she picked her foot up really high mm -hmm. and then just started falling backwards. But I had already gone to the other side of this bridge mm -hmm. so that I would be there because I thought she'd be falling forward if any direction. Yeah. And so she was falling backwards off of probably a five foot drop. <gasps> and I moved from one side, of the one side of that play structure over to where she was I don't know how I did it, but I got over there and caught her by the head oh. and then just tipped her back up. And then she just kept walking. Oh like for God. her, nothing happened. You just like for her, put it was her like back on head. Weird. Yep. Oh I just kind of like God. I caught her and then bounced her back up. And then she just kept going in that toddlery way where like it's all kind of yeah. random. And, Gravity and is magic. <laughs> but I honestly, in terms of how many steps it took and how quickly I moved, yeah. which I rarely do, it was like, I don't know how I did it. And it, I, it still like chills me to this day because it was all on me in that one moment and then somehow I got there in time. I it was crazy. I have a similar story with my nephew when he was two but I didn't save him. Some dad who had dad instincts at the bottom of a big kid slide that I guess I didn't know was a big kid slide. What do I fucking <laughs> know from big and little kid slide? Sure. Catches my nephew 
one-handed as he's like a, <gasps> flying off the slide and about and everyone all the parents turned and looked at me and i just went i'm the aunt <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I know i just fucked and then you fucking laugh i took off that's right you can never go back there that's that's so perfect that's so perfect yeah, it was god, god bless that it dad. was so close it was so close well um okay you know on the same on the same uh Plain thought pattern. Yeah, uh-huh. thank you. Of of these beautiful and inspiring stories, we've got this one: <laughs> uh, the drive by flasher, lighthearted. Yeah. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. <laughs> Love it. Well done. Um, it's so catchy. I moved to Cleveland to get my master's in school counseling in 2017, but spent the first 22 years of my life in St. Louis, Missouri, which is filled with a lot of bummer crimes, to say the least. While searching for a lighthearted story to send in, I found an article that was very similar to the shitty papers that I used to write in high school, which were filled with useless adjectives in order to set a minimum word count. <laughs> oh, I've been there. I've been there. So really, yep, we've all done it. Once in October 2020, 12, and another time in January 2013, 34-year-old Joseph Huff of St. Louis drove into a Target parking lot, pulled up next to a woman, opened his car door, exposed himself, and then sped away. While the story itself is kind of gross, it's the words used to describe Huff that made it so memorable. The article states, quote, now the authorities believe they've found this frequent flasher, this schlong showman, pervy Peter presenter, double drive-by dick dangler. <laughs> <laughs> if that isn't quality journalism, I don't know what is. The article continued with, quote, in case you weren't sure how a female might react to a strange man pulling out his twig and berries in a parking lot, the probable cause statement contains the sentence, quote, both female victims were alarmed by the defendant's conduct. And on the next line of the article, the reporter just wrote, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Huff was eventually caught and charged with two misdemeanor accounts of sexual misconduct. And I hope that reporter got a Pulitzer Prize for journalism. I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning. And although my life has been pretty lonely in the, fa- the last few years, I've never felt truly alone because I know I can always turn on my favorite murder and have it feel like I'm with my two best friends. Stay sexy and get a job where you can get paid to call someone a schlong showman, Sabrina. Sabrina, oh, great Sabrina. job. Like five levels to that yeah, email. It was beautifully like, done. Uh, it was a pervert, a hometown flasher, but also about the it was great. It was it was it we had everything. Okay. This one is called Hey Buddy, Got a Light. Uh hello, Stephen Ray Morris and Associates. Oh, oh inflammatory. <laughs> Inflammatory. I'm firing myself. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. Preemptive firing. Good, good call, Stephen. Good call. Um, this is a funny story that doesn't involve a murder, at least as far as I know, but it does have a dead body. This was back in the 50s or 60s. My dad worked at GE in Philadelphia. When he got to work one Monday morning, a coworker came in with his leg in a cast. Of course, my dad being a concerned coworker, or my, more likely being nosy, my dad asked him what happened. He told my dad that his son, who was an undertaker, asked him to help him transport a body. It oh. involved driving overnight to Western Pennsylvania. The son drove first while his dad slept. At one point, the son pulled over to pick up a hitchhiker because stuff like this was totally normal back then, pre-stranger danger, especially while driving through rural Pennsylvania in the middle of the night. And then it says, I roll. Um, <laughs> there was no room up front, but the son told the hitchhiker he could sit in the back with the casket. Later, mm. the dad woke up to drive. 
while his son slept. And then it says, you may see where this is going. Of course, the son failed to mention, all caps, that there was a hitchhiker in the back. And then it says, your dad spent all that money and effort to raise you, and this is how you repay him? Dad is driving. Everything is going normally, considering it's probably 3 a.m. and they haven't seen another car in 100 miles until suddenly dad gets a tap on the shoulder from the back of the car. Hey, buddy, got a light? (laughs) You can guess the rest. He drove into a ditch and hence the broken leg. How amazing is that? I love your podcast. I've always loved true crime and crime fiction, even before it was cool. And my murderino daughter introduced me to you all. Oh, stay sexy and make sure to let others know when there's a live person sitting in the back of with a corpse (laughs) so that they don't freak out and think a dead person is asking for a light. (laughs) Susan of North Carolina. Susan. Yay, Susan. Susan. Tell your daughter. OG OG murderino. That's right. Nice. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, wow. Nice, nice batch. Yeah, guys. Good job. Um, really good job. Please send your stories to my favorite murder at Gmail, or you can do it on the website, myfavoritemurder.com. You can do it in the fan cult. There's a whole fan cult form where people share their stories with each other. Um, just fucking send us anything at this point, right? Do it. We're into all of it. You know a good story when you hear one. That's right. Just let us know. That's right. Can you do and better? In the meantime, oh, <laughs> beat that. Beat that batch is what we always say. <laughs> and in the meantime, stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? <laughs>